0: Welcome
2: to the permanent home of minding our business. I mean, we got logos, we got our own platform, thanks to 5 Reasons Sports Network for uh, stopping the oppression and holding us down.
3: We're a brand now. We're free. There's no stopping us.
2: Uh, We have dollar signs and our names are up and it's awesome. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to Wendy D's. Uh, By way of Rollins College, by way of of the University of Florida, by way of Texas A&M, educated uh, thoroughly. Unlike her partner, who (laughs) uh, at 15 years old decided he was going to one university, applied to one university, got one degree, a Bachelor of Arts in Communication at the Bowling Green State University.
3: Yes. But you have 20 Emmys to your credit, which I have zero. So I think we're pretty well matched.
2: One would argue you're not trying, Freeze. I might now. (laughs) (laughs) I got
3: got the partner. I'm ready to go. Oh,
2: here we are. And uh, so much to get to in this May mm, 2019 edition. Of mind in our business. First topic the National Football League Draft. According to our friends at Disney, this is a boon for business. Uh, we found out, thanks to our friends at Variety Magazine, still the great rag, the trade rag for all things Hollywood, that uh, Madison Avenue had to shut down business prior to the draft even starting. This happens for the Super Bowl, and I think nothing else. Leading up to the event, maybe the week of we need one more ad for Snossages, maybe another Jiffy Lube ad. But for the NFL draft, totally miscast in Nashville, Tennessee. No offense. And apologies to all the brides because apparently Nashville is the haven now for American brides to have their showers. I don't know how Nashville did it. Kudos.
3: Yeah, they stole it right away from Vegas. Props well, to Nashville.
2: But like a lot of upset brides who did not know that the NFL draft was descending upon Nashville, Tennessee. But uh, Disney sold every single one of their ads for the NFL draft. Which, by the way, wait, ad, this show is broadcast over three days and several networks. This is reasonably remarkable. Am I acting like a child?
3: No, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, When I realized that the ads were sold out well in advance of the draft, I knew something in Nashville was going to be amazing. The other thing about this, Jax, is the price they're commanding for the ads is almost equivalent of what the networks get for some of the most popular television shows out there, which is a really huge deal. Like
2: this J-Lo's is, Dance Marathon? Which I don't think is the name of the show. but
3: No, I, I don't think that's Mrs. the name
2: Jacks of the show. Mrs. Jax loves that little show. so Does I assume she? I assume thousands do. If not millions. She's,
3: she's definitely not the only one. <laughs> um, but they were pulling in 150,000 plus for 30-second ad spot. What? For the NFL Draft. And I believe Variety said for shows like Grey's Anatomy, some of the most popular entertainment shows out there, they get $180,000, 185000 for a 30-second ad. So now the NFL Draft is able to sell ad spots for almost what some of those most popular shows for the last or 20 years have been commanding and they've done this just within the last few years when they started to move the draft around it's it's really impressive
2: so we're talking about home depot goodyear nissan mercedes-benz our friends down here in south florida metro pcs old navy all a part of the abc support of the broadcast then you had marriott courtyard they jumped in now listen not a lot of people know this. I stay in a lot of courtyards, okay? <laughs> a lot. And Courtyard has a relationship with the NFL. They do. Already, right?
3: Yes, they're a partner. Um, they
2: were the presenting sponsor on ESPN. Um, and then Home Depot was the presenting sponsor on ABC. These, I mean, like, we're talking top-notch, blue-chip companies in America that are, they understand, as I used to call the NFL back when I worked at the mothership and I worked on the NBA before it had rights, I used to call the NFL the mafia because they got anything they wanted.
3: And, that's and they still, had all the still money.
2: Got gotcha. you. So, but these companies are saying to themselves, "We get that it's the draft. We get it's three days. We get that it's on multiple networks. But this is gold."
3: And there's no reason for them not to bring in these types of companies because also, if you looked at the reported attendance numbers for the draft this year, the NFL was reporting six hundred thousand attendees over you know the several day period for the NFL draft. And the next closest number that they had attendance-wise was in Philly, and it was only 250,000. So Nashville blew attendance out of the water um, for the NFL draft. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I don't know what you thought about it, Jax, but just the way it looked on TV, I mean, it was just the, back, the backdrop for you know, Broadway. It was just such a spectacle, and you know all the people partying in the bars and people on the rooftop, and um, it was just it was a really, really neat venue. And then they've got Las Vegas on deck, So, I don't see advertising being any less next year. In fact, I would argue that they could command more in Las Vegas.
2: I loved that uh, ABC was creative. Robin Roberts, who was one of my favorite colleagues ever. Uh, When Robin was still a part of the Sports Center rotation, I used to say she was the coolest person I know nothing about. Like, she was, like, so cool to have around. uh, But... She was very much about the business, and and there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, discussion about life and living it. She was just a great professional. Um, She's been far more open with her life, and obviously uh, her fight for diversity and inclusion on top of her fight for her life, uh, battling cancer, I think a couple times now as uh, the lead host on ABC's Good Morning America. She was a great addition to Thursday Night on ABC. And I thought it was really cool that you brought the crew that covers the young men who are coming into the NFL, Uh, providing us with the best and and most prominent insight by having College Game Day front that coverage. It was super smart
3: all the way around because they had, with ABC and ESPN, they had kind of two different perspectives. They had the, you know, really hardcore sports broadcast and and all the analysts on one side, and then you had uh, Robin Roberts, and you had kind of the entertainment perspective on the other side and, and the reporting more on... Um, you know, the celebrities and uh, all the entertainment aspects that were going on because Nashville's an entertainment city and so it was just, they had it they had it covered from all sides so whether you're a diehard sports fan and you knew all about the, the athletes being drafted or you're someone who was just a casual fan tuning in for the entertainment, either way, there was a really well put together product for you.
2: Next headline, and before what? I even read the headline, I want you to be able to give some props to one of your former students. We're going to talk about Nike's aim to better support women's basketball with apparel uh, and, and surely more money. But I also want you to tell us about this sports.com because this is the extensive view, the fruit of your academic loins, reaching into the internet. Please share with us uh, your connection to these great young people that are talking about sponsorship.
3: I absolutely love that we're getting this data and this story from front office Sports. So I just want to give uh, big props to Adam White. Um, And Russ at Front Office Sports, uh, two of my former students who created the sports media company when they were sophomores at the University of Miami. What? Yes.
2: Really? As Ooh. undergrads? Killing it.
3: As undergraduate students. They started this uh, company. Um,
2: Did they get an A for all this? Did this Can you recall?
3: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Good. Absolutely. They're, 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 they're superstars. I love that you
2: know that you've bestowed excellence upon them.
3: They are operating out of New York now. They made it to the Big Apple. They're doing incredible, incredible things. So uh, definitely check out Front Office Sports for all of your uh, sports business. Needs, but the article came from uh front office sports about Nike and what's going on with women's sports sponsorship or what's not going on with women's sports sponsorship. Uh, but Nike's uh, endeavors to um fix that,
2: yeah. So, bottom line is according to a 2018 report, am I saying this right? Statia, statista. statista, yes, like Batista,
3: like Batista uh-huh. only with stats,
2: gotcha, a barista. Uh, but the like the information,
3: H- the Jose uh, Batista exactly. of statistics. And... Thank you
2: for for getting me where I need to be. Uh, women's sports revenue uh, only represents uh, zero point zero point four percent, zero point four percent of total sports sponsorships. You know, in a market where global sports sponsorships are worth over one hundred and six billion dollars, I said I would stop saying point because that's hundreds of millions of dollars. So I'm going to say it. So there's also another eight hundred. Million dollars in this pool, so 106.8 billion dollars, uh, just 427 million, which I don't want to shake a stick at because that's considerable, a considerable amount of money, but not relative to uh, all that's going on in sports. Why is this important now for Nike to make a transition and try to increase that number up? Because sometimes what's hard in sports and sports marketing, and particularly when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, is that there is a bottom line what appeals to people tends to drive these numbers. Is there a, a gap in this that's not, that should be dealt with and therefore Nike leading the charge? Or is this the marketplace saying that's where women's professional sports exists for us as fans? It's
3: very hard for me as someone who is a former collegiate athlete and, you know, played high level, you know, junior tennis and, and played collegiately and I work with female student athletes every day who play at the highest level and and a lot of them go on to play professionally. It is very hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that 106, almost 107 billion dollars globally is being invested by brands to market their products and services through sport and only 0.4% of that goes into women's sport. I mean, think about that. Not even one-half of 1% are companies investing in marketing through women's sport. And the reason why I can't wrap my head around that, Jax, is because we are at a point where it's the highest level of participation in sport by women ever. Um, you know, women are participating in extremely high levels, um, college, professional, professional. And companies are still not investing their marketing dollars in the women's platform. Now, when I hear people discuss this, it's always kind of the chicken and the egg Mm -hmm. argument. Is it that people don't have an interest in women's sport and so the media doesn't broadcast more of it? Or is it the other way around, that people don't have exposure to women playing? They don't see women playing at a high level And so they can't show that they have an interest because women's sport is not being televised. You're not seeing it on the highlight reels. It's not being written about uh, as much in the media. So I contend that there absolutely is an interest in women's sport. And we know this because Nielsen reports data on this. In fact, I was just uh, tweeting about it earlier today. Um, But there's definitely an interest in women's sport. But until the media – and these, these are your folks, Jackson, not to, not to attack your people. But until, until the media puts women's sport in front of people, then businesses are going to continue to use the excuse that there's not enough exposure for them to pay to put their brands in front of such a small audience.
2: We're talking about Nike putting itself in position to be the go-to brand – for women and women's athletics. You gotta be smart, right? Absolutely. We're, we're talking about an organization that goes back to stay with me, Gen Xers, okay? Jackie Joyner Kersey, Flojo, Florence Griffith Joyner, Mia Hamm, Monica Sellis, Lisa Leslie. We're talking like mid 90s where they're really kind of by themselves uh, in a space of being committed to getting that message across. Why is this smart for Nike?
3: Well, it's incredibly smart for them because, like you said, they're probably one of the brands who has the greatest history in supporting women's sport, even, even back to the days and times of the athletes you just mentioned.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, and This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. To get ten percent off your first month, again that's BetterHelp H E L P dot slash Miami Heat.
0: Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then.
3: and I applaud their efforts, and it's wonderful that they're going to put all this money in grassroots programs. They're going to work with FIBA to promote uh, women's basketball on a greater scale. There's a lot of wonderful things they're doing. You know, they obviously endorse great athletes like Serena Williams and, and others. But just to put some more numbers to this, Jax, Nike invests $10 billion a year in sports in sport endorsement, athlete endorsement and sport team sponsorship, they would not report to front office sports how much they invest on the women's side of things. Mm-hmm. And it's for the same reason. Obviously, that $10 billion is a large chunk of the $107 billion we just mentioned globally. And if only 0.4% is being invested in women's sport out of that number, then out of Nike's 10000000000 billion, they're not investing much in women's sport either, and they know that. But I applaud that they see that there is a lot more to be done. And here's why more should be done. So Nielsen reported that 66% of the population is interested in at least one women's sport, 84% of general sports fans have an interest in women's sport, and 51% of those are male. So women are interested in women's sport, Men are interested in women's sport, and I have one last little nugget for you, and I'll end on this. We know from the consumer behavior research that worldwide, consumer purchasing is 70 to 80% done by women. Mm. So of all the purchases worldwide... The purchasing power is 70 to 80 percent female because women are either like buying the crap themselves (laughs) or they are making the purchases on behalf of someone else in their household, whether that's spouses, partners, uh, kids, grandparents, you know, whatever. And so not just for Nike, but for any company out there, I do not know why you wouldn't invest more in women's sport. Because A, it's the right thing to do. B, we know there's interest. C, the majority of women's sports fans are female. And D, if 70 to 80% of purchases worldwide are being made by women, they're swiping the credit card or they're hitting submit, why would you not put your brand in front of females?
2: I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. No, I refuse. But I will move us to our next topic. Down the stretch they come. Uh, we move from humanity uh, into uh, the animal-dominated sport of horse racing. Uh, thanks to Legal Sports Report, we're finding out that a record number of Kentucky Derby betting in the United States uh, could be done online legally. <laughs> and so I'm not going to discuss uh, how I deal with the ponies. I try to get to Gulfstream majority of the time, but I do have an app that helps. <laughs> I'm not giving anybody any commercials, but if you like the Twin Spires at uh, Churchill Downs, you know exactly where to go. We had controversy uh, this year, and so uh, this particular edition, the 2019 edition of uh, the Race for the Roses um, was different than anything I've ever seen in my life, by the way. Uh, Having to go and uh, have the officials take a look and how long you're supposed to be in your lane and get out of the lane and brushing up on another one, and it ended up Millions and millions of dollars shifting mm. from one horse to another. And then the horse that won was a billion to one, right, to win on top of that. Uh, but let's talk about the wagering. Uh, here's the nugget that, that got me. Wagering from all sources on the Kentucky Derby program totaled $225.7 million, an 8% increase over 2017, and the previous record of two uh, hundred nine. Point two million million. wagering from all sources for the Kentucky Derby also had an 8% increase. How in the world can those who regulate such things keep this from being as easy as going to Instacart, running to Publix, and getting raspberries?
3: This is... This just shows you <laughs> what the magnitude of legalizing sports betting is going to do. Yeah. Because what's amazing about this is I think you mentioned uh, Twin Spire. I did I
2: mention them? You did mention. Why them did they get a free spot? They should. They should pay us.
3: Well, they are. They were. They have they, plenty
2: of money. I understand. The
3: official uh-huh. online betting for uh, Churchill Downs. For, Chir- for Ch- Churchill Downs. But really, the, the world.
2: By the way. <laughs>
3: So they, so they do get that plug because they mm-hmm. were official, they're an official uh, sponsor there. So um, 16% of those numbers that you mentioned, Jax, were those wagers were placed just through that one official betting app. So that doesn't even account for all of the other ways out there that people were placing their wagers. Um, So just imagine when, you know, betting is legalized everywhere and you have these types of platforms available to everybody where betting is legal. Um, You know, the numbers are are just going to be incredible. They were pretty incredible this year. Um, You had $150 million um, record amount of wagering just on the Kentucky Derby race. So not on the Oaks, not on anything else that was going on. Uh, that weekend, just the actual race itself, and that was the most that they had ever had uh, wagered just on the Kentucky Derby.
2: So, if you're a state waffling, teetering on online betting and wondering if this is going to be good for you or bad for you, whatever, how do you deny this? How do, how do you even, I, like, you should be voted out of office, impeached, held in contempt that your malfeasance doesn't recognize the amount of revenue. That nothing else can provide you. I don't care if you're taxing people on their wages. I don't care if you have tolls. What's better than this? Nothing. And <laughs> Thank you.
3: And it's crazy to think that, according to this legal sports report, 15 to 20 minutes leading up to the race, which is when you have a huge amount of bets placed mm-hmm. right before the, the race starts, uh the platform was down. It was probably overwhelmed. It was it was probably not taking so bets that's because what
2: was, that's what was going on. Yeah, uh.
3: yeah. So just imagine <laughs> the last fifteen or twenty minutes before the race, everybody's all you know sauced up and wanting to put in last minute bets, and they <laughs> couldn't even get on the site. The site was down, so it was just uh. I'm sure inundated with folks. And yeah. uh, imagine what the numbers would have been uh, otherwise. But this year there was an eleven to thirteen. Uh, million dollar growth over last year, oh. and there were record numbers last year.
2: This is an industry that can't get out of its own way. That can, will never attain the spot that it was in in the twenties and thirties. It, it just that's not coming.
3: I don't out. know. Maybe online betting Girl, would change. Really, that.
2: really, it's going it to coming up into like MLB and NFL and, and, and National Basketball Association. Maybe I love every Friday. I try my best get up to golf string. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea, but what I do is I, f- I get the book, and I assume jockeys who make a lot of money don't ride terrible horses. So I just find the best jockeys, and I bet their horses. That's the deal. I don't know if that's a way to do it or not. It probably isn't. I should probably find trainers and follow what horses themselves are doing. Think but...
3: about how many people bet on March Madness, and right. they don't watch any college basketball. You keep calling your mom out. That's
2: funny. <laughs> I like how you do it.
3: She's a winner, though.
2: Yeah, That's the deal. All right, here we go. Oh, by the way, I should note, we did say that there's nothing better than this. There's some people who struggle with this, and I I know that they do. I know that there are gamblers that that ruin their lives and and ruin family members' lives, and I want to make light of that. But as a state, as a municipality, uh, you provide the right entities, as states have done with regular gambling, table gambling and what have you, slots and what have you. Make sure that you're obviously providing the services necessary for those people that can't help themselves, but um, it's a new day. It's a new day, and you got to go get this money. Next headline: I know somebody needs some money. <laughs> Major League Baseball wants some money at the gate. Here's the difficulty, I think, for Major League Baseball, and this probably is for uh, the National Hockey League, and, and maybe not so much. You know what? NHL is probably the model that the MLB should probably look at for its capacity. NHL does a great job for in arena capacity. I don't know how many people are watching. MLB's probably an issue with a lot of people are watching, not only people are showing up. Attendance has dropped for 12 Major League Baseball teams, a loss of gate that, that takes on a more permanent look. Why is this something that, that Major League Baseball has to be worried about of people, uh, like in Toronto with the the Blue Jays, that dropped 25% at the gate. Are, are teams trying hard enough because they're making so much regional and national TV money Are these executives who are in charge of business caring enough? What's the best way to to really frame this problem?
3: That's a great question, Jax, because casual fans who watch baseball, who don't understand all the money coming in through media rights and sponsorships, They just look at these ballparks and they're empty and they wonder how these teams are getting by because everyone's, the the common fans' first thought is if people aren't there buying tickets and sitting in the stands, then no one's paying for, for parking, no one's paying for merch, no one's buying popcorn, you know, in Cracker Jacks but that's not how it works and so you make a great point that and we talked about this in our last episode right so it's funny one one episode we're talking about money's flowing in for baseball all over the place and rights fees are doubling and life is good for baseball and then the next episode we're talking about attendance dropping like a rock but those are two very different things that money coming in at the gate and money coming in through rights, fees, and sponsorships are very different. So it is a good question to ask that if owners are getting paid up front and they're already going to make a profit, whether the fans show up or not, do teams start to not care as much about the fan in the stands and the fan experience and what it feels like sitting in these empty, echoing stadiums? And is there still motivation to get people there? And so... I think these numbers with attendance are disconcerting because, number one, overall baseball attendance for Major League Baseball last year, it was down 4%. That's not a good number. Yeah. Then uh, Commissioner Manfred says, well, the weather was terrible last year. It was a really hard winter Teams were having games canceled. What, the Cubs had like six or eight games yeah. at the beginning of the season uh, canceled or postponed because of, of, of snow? So there was this weather excuse last year. But now USA Today Sports is reporting that if you take uh, the same cross-section from this season and compare it to last season, they are down the same amount. There has been no change, even though the weather is far better. So then what's the excuse? It's still flat. It's still flat. So that 4% dip has not returned. And what's worse is those 12 out of 30 teams that you mentioned, Jax, are in really bad shape. You've got 12 teams whose worst gate was under 11,000 fans in the stands. And guess who has the worst attendance of all?
2: Should I look in the backyard?
3: Um, yes, mm. you, you probably should. Miami pulling 5,900 wow. fans. The The numbers are really disturbing. Whether it's not the issue, it's just not. So I don't know whether the front office execs are going to make money no matter what. Yeah. And, and there's not as much uh, motivation. It might be that fans are upset with these consistently uh, losing teams. But... It's an issue.
2: We didn't hit him with a high five. Let's give it to him. Oh, should we wrap up now? I think we should. Well, listen, for Dr. D's, I'm Jax. Always mind your business.